so much for coming on. Um, I realize that you are on the uh, East Coast. <laughs> oh, no, I'm in LA. You are? I don't yeah. know where anybody is Wait, anymore. I, I feel like I met, did I meet you at a Creative Society thing, Deborah, at all? Like, maybe, I feel like, I don't know if I'm, I, like, I, 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 my memory is just like a blur <laughs> of last um, year because, like, there was a Creative Society event. Yeah, last, it was like yeah, last I moved year, February. Here February or 8th of last year. And I went to one Creative Society where they had a panel about, um, creating a web series or something but i remember being so tired from being at the uh game thing from yet the day before that i couldn't speak to anybody because i was i was all my energy was sucked <laughs> from talking yeah, to people that I, before. I feel that so i just sat yeah, on the, the couch <laughs> was this like in the book you said february so was that that was in the before times it yeah, was like i moved here february 8th and then i had a good month of networking events i went to like two women in animation the creator society mm-hmm. uh concept uh, the concept art pl- people had the like Afrofuturism drink and draw. Ooh. So I had I was tired, but um. <laughs> yeah, well, I man, if we're like... here in February, then that means did did we miss you for a Nickelodeon mixer? Uh, probably by a couple days or something. I don't oh, know. Oh, dang. Yeah. Time. Yeah, but that's where I think I don't know if I like saw you or bumped into you or what, but I, I remember being at a Creative Society uh, networking event. And I was like, "Oh, cool! You're on the West Coast, or th- at least thinking." Yeah, that. I, I don't know. I we like bumped the jack- to a guy at the. We were getting like grapes, <laughs> like I thought, <laughs> like American the grape women, guy, <laughs> American couple when we were like walking in. But I, I mostly I was just like sitting down, not talking mm. to anybody because I was like, I you are my people because I'm not really a game person. But I talked to I talked <laughs> out at the game thing, and I'm like, damn it, I have no energy <laughs> for these people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you are my people i'm more tv film yeah oh, it's man. like ah oh, yes i feel good to be here but boy oh boy i am exhausted <laughs> yeah like true introverts people suck the energy out of me um and Yo, recharge. I, oh, feel I feel that, that. i can't yeah. hang out with people for more than like five hours at a time like i've mm-hmm. i've clocked it i've been like okay five five hours or four hours it's hitting I'm going to start getting cranky and tired now. <laughs> I remember even when I was living in New Orleans, my mom, like, she wanted to go to two movies in a row, and that tired me out. <laughs> like, I just was staring Ooh. at a screen. Yeah, two movies in a row. That's a like, lot. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem like a lot, because it's like, okay, two. But, like, when you're in the theater, and you're, like, you're watching the film, it's, like, somehow it just feels much more exhausting and energy draining than if you're, like, just binging a show. <laughs> like, yeah. at home. It probably depends on... <laughs> when you go like maybe if you do like a double feature in the morning it's probably not as bad but if like it's even go that late (laughs) if you're like going at like four in the afternoon the Mm -hmm. sun will be down by the time you get out like it'll be like yeah i can't remember like a few years ago Hmm. yeah it's like festivals like festivals is kind of like that where it's like you're watching film basically all day and it's like oh yeah Oh man, yep. in college, okay, I could stay up, like I could stay up for anything, but once they started the like, like throwing images and like art history or something, I'm like head to yeah. desk. Like, <laughs> I can't God. do this. Oh, no, yes. <laughs> oh my God. I yeah. could literally stay up for 24 hours in college, but once they start showing images, not movies, I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I miss those days. 
like I talked to um these these young bucks young bucks geez they're not that young uh, mm-hmm. like young 20 somethings like 22 21 year olds that are like about to get out of college or just got out of college and they like stay up so late like they were all up late last night in a discord channel that we were in and i'm like it is three in the morning on the east coast where you all are why are you awake and they're like it's the weekend and i'm like yo what yeah (laughs) yeah i was like last night i stayed up kind of late and i was like oh no i'm gonna be so exhausted like i was just like projecting like (laughs) like oh no my bones are gonna be so (laughs) i'm just gonna feel it so bad when i wake up and i kind of i checked the discord that you you know we were part of with like the the young folks that you're talking about and yeah, they were just like blasting it up on the Discord. I'm like, what? It's like three, four, five a.m. for you guys. What's happening? Right. I don't what know. Do? I guess when you're you in school, this? you just have that energy of like, I can do anything. I'm powerful. I can conquer all my my art. Oh, the world is my oyster. And then I mean, when you get out, actually a night owl, but I'm not talking to people. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, this is my time. This is my time <laughs> down here. Right. This is Speaking all of time, oh, I think it's time is. to introduce this other mysterious voice on the Black and Animated podcast with myself and Way. Who is mm-hmm. this other voice? Whoa, Deborah? Is are you talking about me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just making sure there wasn't a fourth person. Oh, like what? Yeah, literally. <laughs> Like what if a fourth person is just magical? yeah you know it's 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 the it's our other guest uh Jerry okay um, I was just like Jerry. sorry I'm, I'm like highly intelligent but sometimes it's just like whoop over my head <laughs> I'm just like oops no no moment. it's cool too because we usually we usually do c- catch our our guests off guard with that sometimes we're just like hey who are you and it's like That's wait fine me, totally me? fine yeah. yeah it's me Deborah Anderson I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, tell our audience, Deborah, uh, what you do in animation. So my specialty is 3D modeling, um, but currently I'm working at Academy of Media Arts in Crenshaw as a 3D design teacher. So I teach ninth and 10th graders Blender. Oh, that's Heck so yeah. cool. Yo, that but- is Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about re-breaking into the industry. <laughs> Deborah, I think you are our first uh like educator that has been on here. I think. Nice. Yeah. We need, yeah, at we least, need like, more yeah. we, we need more people who are like, you know, teaching and stuff that are like, you know, industry pros, but also like, you know, teaching people as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and yes. let them lead the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah especially because um you said like you're teaching over in crenshaw like like you know black and latino neighborhoods like at least i remember like even where i was growing up like animation wasn't really something that you're like yeah this is something i can do so it's good that they like have that access that you're providing another option something that's creative that i'm sure like a lot of people that want to do and they're like oh man yeah i saw frozen or i saw uh trek i want to do that I couldn't think of another movie. To start dating early uh, Pixar shorts, like I hmm, all right, <laughs> right. Like yeah, I want to make, make Boss Baby. <laughs> and finally, Blender is at a point where I can like teach it because I've been trying to learn Blender for the past seven to nine years, and it's all it's been 
basura before mm-hmm. the internet. <laughs> like mm-hmm. so now I mean I didn't I didn't know it know it before I started teaching them, but now I can Google things and it's much easier. <laughs> I tried Googling things in 2013 and I was not able to and so they had to cancel this class for my coworker because I couldn't do her lab. Because <laughs> I was no. like, I cannot tell this man how to fix this. And I, I'm a Google queen, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Blender is much, 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 much better now. That's yeah, good. totally. Yeah, I, I feel like because I remember trying to get into Blender and I kind of want to get back into trying to get into Blender. But like back in the day, yeah, because it was just like this open source, like not really many people like knew about it it. yeah yeah it's like yeah it's like a free i don't know if it's free still now but it was free yeah it's a free program anybody can have it um and yeah but like it it was like basically you had to jump in and be like all right like i'm I'm trying to figure this out like okay hopefully maybe someone (laughs) posted something on youtube like about this like okay they posted about this very specific thing but not the specific thing i need help with and it was like (laughs) Very it was tough. very counterintuitive, like <laughs> yeah. for the longest. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm glad it's kind of having a bit more of a uh, come up again because yeah, having a open source three program, it's like yes, yeah. It's like Maya, because like I remember when I was in college and like Maya was the thing that everybody was talking about and learning. So it's interesting to hear that like Blender sort of is having a resurgence since it is like free and like easy. Well easier to gain access to and like probably a bit more manageable than like getting your hands on Maya and paying for that uh hefty program. I yeah, imagine like that Maya the, costs a pretty penny. Well the school has Maya, but since we're all on Zoom, all the kids have MacBook Pro uh, MacBook Airs. And so mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I had to kind of pivot the original curriculum and, and Blender was available to be downloaded. So, yeah, I don't know. If Maya, has, I don't like, know if Maya could work on a MacBook Air. Yeah, it would be crashing all the time. It already crashes on like tip-top computers. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I was gonna ask like, how is teaching during these these times? I'm working miracles over here. <laughs> <laughs> like we have MacBook Airs, and my and you know anybody knows if you're doing 3D, it's ideal to have like a three-button mouse, but we don't. Mm-hmm. like some of the kids don't have that so i'm i purposely don't have a three-button mouse so i can like know their struggle and so i yeah. can know how to help them so we're using track pads to do 3d so. oh my god that's actually really i you know what i think that's actually really cool of you to sort of like put yourself in their shoes because like a lot of teachers when there are these limitations they have to figure it out after the fact, but you're like going through it with them. So you're like, ah, yes, I understand now why this is a problem. Yeah. Now I need to figure out why it's a problem after the fact. Yeah. So that means really I'm cool. struggling along with them sometimes when I'm like, ah, this is not working. Ah, <laughs> I'm trying to demo this, but <laughs> so I know that if they do it, they'll probably have as much or more trouble than I will. So. And then add that to doing Zoom and not being able to see what they're doing. So I'm like, I don't know if they're doing work, but <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. 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 Hopefully. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So maybe we should like probably go back, back to the mm-hmm. past. We, I think I always make the stupid joke about going on <laughs> 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 we interview somebody. Wait, okay, let's uh, wait, let's try something, uh, a different uh, yeah, segue. Okay. Um, um, uh, hey, let's go back to the past. Uh, so oh wait no that's the same one um, let's go back to wait i was gonna crap what was i gonna say let's go back to oh let's go back to the lab again 
<laughs> oh no, back to the lab again. <laughs> and tell us about how young baby Deborah got into CG animation. Oh, so actually the reason I started my platform of Black Woman Animator because like young baby Deborah didn't get into CG senior year of high school. Deborah got into CG like really late. And so um I always drew when I was like younger and you know, I had my VHS tapes and my cousin's, you know, comic books I would draw from and they would think I traced. And I know my cousin, you know, lived with my grandma. They had like an X-Men Babies comic book. And I was like, mm-hmm. look, I didn't trace. I, I I forgot to draw the ring finger of like baby Cyclops <laughs> or something or baby Wolverine. I'm like, oops, I didn't do that on purpose. But I, you can tell I didn't trace at least. <laughs> so... I would always draw the covers of my VHS tapes and I had these Disney books and I would draw the covers of those and like, you know, but I never had that thing where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm just like, yeah, okay. Disney, yeah. I'm watching make, it. Make art. <laughs> like I'm just drawing. <laughs> and so I went through wanting to be, you know, an industrial engineer or industrial de- designer and then like an architect. And I kind of found out architects don't draw for real like that. And then, I was always good at math too. So like engineering, I was actually going to become an electrical engineer before I found animation. Oh, whoa. <laughs> so wow. um, luckily I was smart and my, and my dad's a college <laughs> professor. So I took like this test, this test in Michigan early. I don't know if it was the MEEP or like the PSAT, but whatever test you took early, you could, um, if you passed it, you can get do dual enrollment. So I took classes. I took seven classes at a community college, school craft community college when I was in high school, wow. junior senior year. And the seventh class out of seven was 3D animation. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, this yeah. is the perfect mesh of my analytical and creative brain. So that's kind of how I got into it. And so luckily I found it, I guess my first semester or my, my fall semester of senior year, because I was able to apply to RIT which is in Rochester, yeah. New York, with a, as a film major. So I'm guessing I, fo- I found it relatively early in my senior year. But yeah, that's how I got introduced to CG. It was like being smart <laughs> and having a dad who was a college nice. professor and knew about doing the world mate. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, um, I mean, being in 3D animation, like there's, like you, you definitely, you have to have a little bit more of that, analytical like, like a more technical brain. brain yeah technical brain working because you like you're working with computers uh you, you all like obviously you have to have like the understanding of like physics with animation and stuff like that but then like with the computers in there's like a lot of like it, there can be a lot of like coding involved and stuff like that and you have to have that be able to you know use that mindset uh, to your advantage well that's what drew me to it but you know it's still an artistic outlet of sorts. So mm, totally. I don't want people to think, because it's, uh, it's so interesting that people come up to me all the time and be like, oh, so you do coding? I'm like, I no, what? I don't. <laughs> like, you know how people, somebody, I remember somebody online said graphic design has great marketing because everybody thinks everybody's a graphic designer. And I'm like, no, I'm not a graphic designer. I'm like, I introduced myself <laughs> as somebody in animation. And then people take that and then be like, okay, graphic design though. I'm like, no, that's yeah. not what I said. They're like, okay, graphic. So can you make a poster for me though? Can, like, you, what, make, what, can you make my not- logo? Can you, like, oh my <laughs> gosh. Can you make my logo? That's every artist. Like, can you make my logo? Like, no, yeah, I don't want like, to. I'm a dance teacher. What are you? I'm a choreographer. <laughs> what are you doing? What? But yeah, for I don't know what 
makes I don't know I I don't know what makes people think that coding is involved. Like you can code into well, yeah, it's like yeah, it's like not integral. Like people come up to me and like, oh, so my child needs to know coding. I'm like, absolutely not. Like <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. I wonder if it's because of the um because there are because of the other aspect of like C- the CG pipeline where like people have to create certain like plugins and maybe they yeah. think that totally. like you yourself as the animator are also making plugins when yeah, yeah. you know people don't really understand great. animation as a whole so it's not really surprising it's just like why yeah. that though <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> I mean there's so, a computer yeah. involved so they're just like coding <laughs> yeah but there's so many elements of you know 3D where the biggest thing is that kids who aren't artistic stereotypically can get into animation without having to know how to draw because 2d is very like i i had one 2d (laughs) class in college and i put it off as much as possible and then i bs my way through it so like i was like i can draw but 2d is not my ministry so yeah i feel like that's how i was with 3d (laughs) yeah my theory is like it like it any part of animation whether it be like specific specialties in 2d or 3d it's like what tediousness do you thrive from so me mine was my 3d modeling like animation i can technically animate but i always thought i couldn't push the model as much as it should be so i was like okay mm-hmm. this might not be my thing mm-hmm. i could have done better what about a rigging like does well, that no, even Lord fall have <laughs> I hear that the people that do rigging are like crazy. It's those like those are the Hebrews. Those are the blessed people. Like yeah, those are the, those are the real unicorns of 3D. Like and that's that's like, where coding. Like that's where you have to really know how to code. I remember. I I think I took a class in college and like I I followed this book and I you know I rigged the legs and then I moved to the arms and the and the legs broke i'm like what is this like what? <laughs> so i was like okay this is not for me <laughs> <laughs> you see that's the thing though that's so interesting that like you know like the 2d pipeline the cg i feel like the cg pipeline is almost it's like just as mysterious to a lot of people as like let's say like production pipeline or something because you mm-hmm. know everybody's like i want to be a character designer i mean i just made like a tweet about this the other day like everybody's like i want to be a character designer i want to be a storyboard artist but then people forget about like the production pipeline or mm-hmm. people forget about like the cg pipeline and the various aspects of it yeah where people are like oh yeah like if i'm a cg if i'm a 3d animator i'm doing all of it i'm doing all the things i'm Mm -hmm. making the character move i'm modeling it i'm putting the bones in i gotta do the coding and for the character it's like oh yeah i'm coloring the character i'm designing it i don't have to turn it around right like (laughs) yeah if you want to be a generalist you have to do all that but mm -mm, i'm not i'm not rigging i'm not animating i would be willing to do more with texturing and stuff like that because that's like the next step in a pop line past modeling um mm-hmm. so i like t- texturing i actually like i really liked my uh lighting and rendering class with i had a professor aharon charnoff he was he, i think he was just like an excellent professor but yeah 3d modeling is my jam nice yeah 3d modeling 
is so awesome. I mean, just uh, God, I just I I'm thinking back to yeah. I I think back to my like 3D classes, and I'm just like hyperventilating in my brain. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, it's so intimidating, and like and even just like normal sculpture, like just clay sculpture. Yeah. Just like I used to always yeah. play with my play-doh, like making old man faces with my nails, like having like the little curve in their eyes, like their eyes were like closed. <laughs> But I think the 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 background of me liking three D modeling is like growing up. I would I would like um make these. You know, if you think about the cardboard that comes in pantyhose and then like new boxes, mm-hmm. yeah. I would make. Well, <laughs> yeah. I would cut them up and make drawers out of cardboard and tape and like with little drawers that came out. So instead of playing with bar, I never had Barbies, but I would always make like if I did have a Barbie, I would make her cat her like domicile like or her uh, like bedroom set like i would i would just oh like dresser drawers yeah. and, and or if, okay, if, yeah. if my that's mom cool. like um bought something like a, a shelf i'm like oh can i put it together so i think that's like the background of me liking 3d models i like constructing things Ooh, interesting if in multiple lives i'll be electrical engineer or carpenter um like oh <laughs> yeah so yeah oh heck yeah do, do you do you ever do Oh, what I said, be like the J man. <laughs> the J. Wait, is that is that Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, this confirming our our, our friend, our neighbor, our friendly neighborhood J man. Uh, do you do you like doing IRL modeling? Like you you have the constructive mindset. Like, do you do like a lot of carpentry or even just like sculpture or like, like Lego building? Like or like- Lego? Yeah, like. Um, building models so i yeah. like when i was in new orleans I, i've i've really wanted to get into like sculpting and in, in real life and i remember mm-hmm. i found a lady in new orleans because i i don't know i preferred i was like i wanted to find a black person to teach me i don't know and it wasn't imperative but Amen. i just i just Amen. wanted to find <laughs> no it, it's totally mm-hmm. okay <laughs> so this lady like responded like initially and then she like stopped responding so and then i think that was close to when i moved out here and then mm. i don't know how to find somebody out here because we're few and far between so in la yeah. so i don't know if that's gonna go by the wayside of like them having to be black but i do mm. want to learn how to sculpt in real life i think it would, could help me a lot with you know my my sculpting and because i'm still learning how to sculpt in 3d as well i think my analytical brain kind of keeps me from thriving i i kind of overthink things <laughs> so my uh analytical keeps my creativity in a br- in a prison so i think sculpting in on like zbrush is very like discovery and, and, I'm, and my personality is like okay if you want me to be free can you give me a 52 page pdf on how to do that thank you right you need like some guidelines <laughs> like, so, you need like a template to be free or like a little just a, like just like a like a set like a guideline just to start yeah so that's that. like i'm sh- like man if i just wasn't so in my head i I would be like this awesome sculptor by now but like you know hey i'm <laughs> myself i'm working through it <laughs> yeah, it, take, yeah, it takes time like any skill mm-hmm. um but i'm curious so kind of like going back a little bit again so just about your journey into 3d modeling and cg as a whole you know you're in school you're doing your thing but once you got out, like, how did you like prepare yourself for like getting that first job? Because, you know, we, uh, as I said before, like we've had so many people who have done a lot of stuff within like production to 2D pipeline. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure our listeners that are like more so on the CG side would be really curious as to like how you started your journey into like that professional world. 
Yeah, so at first I didn't properly prepare myself, which is why I struggle getting a job. Oh, so that's like kind of the part of when I teach people, I'm like, yeah, you have, you know, in in 3D, there's a thing called a demo reel, and that's the key to you getting a job. And I didn't create one, <laughs> so I was oh, not no. getting a job. I was like doing a website with images, and like, yeah, I'll get a 3D job doing this. Nope, didn't work out. So after a year or so out of college. I was like, okay, the only thing comparable to working in the animation industry is moving to a foreign country. <laughs> so I went to go teach English in South Korea because I had what? Yeah, I was like, okay, I need to pay my Verizon bill and it's about to go into collections, which actually it did end up going into collections because I, I got to Korea and forgot about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so I couldn't keep my 313 number from Detroit. But anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> those are collections but but yeah so my first year I like taught English and then um I was actually gonna do a second year and then one of my friends was like hey but don't you have a degree in animation I'm like oh yeah <laughs> like oh yeah about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that old thing teaching, teaching English is like so easy that it's like it was easy to get it sucked in so I was like okay I'm about to go back to America but let me you know I never seen an animation studio so let me go see one of those so I emailed a bunch of Korean companies and like a couple responded like the one I was in Gwangju which is in the southwest of Korea and this incubator they responded but they were like oh you got to know Korean fluently if you want to work here and I wasn't really looking for a job but they she she told me that and then I went up to Seoul to digital animation and you know they wow. like took me around they're like oh let, let's go meet Carl and so it's mm. like the 2D animation the uh, like room and it's like a bunch of cubicles in this long hallway and at the end of, uh, well walkway at the end of the walkway we turn right and I see a black man I'm like whoa I wasn't expecting like, that hold on a minute <laughs> like there's a black person <laughs> who works here. you're like me <laughs> you're like me <laughs> so Carl Linton he is the he was the um the director for the Cleveland show and then okay. guy Doug, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember Doug's last name, but he was the director for the family guy at Digital Animation. And so I met Carl. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, black person. <laughs> and then they took me <laughs> to the uh, president's office. The president and vice president sat me down and were like, oh, do you have a demo role? I was like, no, but I can. <laughs> and so for the next four <laughs> months, I was like teaching. And in between classes, after work and on the weekends, I worked on my demo role. And then I sent it to them and then they offered me a job. So I accidentally okay. I would say I accidentally got a job in animation in South Korea. I really wasn't yeah. trying to do that, but hey. Yeah. Sometimes so cool. you get taken to interesting places that you need to go without realizing it. Yeah, so for mm-hmm. my first job, I got to work on Family Guy and Cleveland Show and Batman the Brave and the Bold and Scooby Doo, straight to DVD movies. <gasps> Brave and the Bold. Yo. That's so cool. Wait, so can I mean I mean this might be a stupid question. Can you <laughs> speak of korean fluently now or like did did you live there long enough to pretty much be able to speak it so this is part of my analytical thinking <laughs> like, um, <laughs> by the time i left korea they called me hanguk saram which means korean person because i could pronounce pronounce the heck out of korean but i don't mm. i'm not fluent still because mm. the grammar like okay so in english and you know even though i took spanish for four years in, in high school and like take english for 12 years like i still don't know like all these like terms but um, so I learned this when I was learning Korean as an adult, but apparently, you know, English is subject, verb, object. And then Korean is subject, 
object verb. So the verb is always at the end of the sentence. So it's like totally backwards. You know, Spanish is like the same, except, you know, your adjective or something is after the noun. But like, yeah. I feel like Korean is like totally messed up my head. <laughs> so <laughs> you, when you try to create complex sentences, it gets more complicated. And so the grammar is what tripped me up. And as we get older, it's harder to learn things. Like when we're a child, we're like, oh, we don't care that we're learning this, these things. But yeah, yeah. I, I had, <laughs> my vocabulary was good. I can order at a restaurant. I can, you know, talk to the taxi driver. They answer, ask the same questions over and over again. Like, do you have a boyfriend? Uh, where are you from? And so, I mean, not that I could always tell what they were asking, but I would just answer and see if that was the right answer. Let me cycle through my other answers, the four questions y'all always asked us. And so, <laughs> so like I could, I, um, I could speak a little bit, but I, and I coming into LA where, you know, Koreans have the largest population outside of South Korea. I'm looking forward to continuing learning and mm-hmm. fluent, but Currently, I am not fluent, but I can pronounce it very, very well. Yo, that's so cool. I love language. I, I, <laughs> I just like the, the the process of learning a language and stuff like that is just like so fascinating to me. And I tried learn French like back in twenty nineteen. Yeah, I remember you you had downloaded like an app and you were like trying to do French Yo, and you had changed. On you changed French your game. phone to like. Oh yeah, French even my friend. Yeah, I my remember. phone was in nice. all French. My computer was all French. I was playing French games or playing games in French. I was watching stuff in French. But then twenty twenty hit and I was just like, I'm actually just tired. <laughs> I don't want to do anything. But didn't it help when you went up to you went up to that one animation festival? oh yeah I, well i i just went to ottawa so uh-huh. it wasn't oh. um so it was pretty it was still english speaking oh yeah you but probably had what it, go to uh, quebec or montreal that's when yeah they, they refused to speak english there or something. yeah <laughs> montreal yeah montreal is one of the places where it's just like nah man you better be speaking french <laughs> yeah my twin brother took french i took spanish so i can't i don't we don't have esp so i don't know <laughs> yeah i took i also took like a, a million years of spanish and i feel like all of it's like out of my brain now. all of the spanish has gone out of my head i don't remember much like i can recognize some words and i'm like yeah I bacon, right. yeah. Bacon. I know what that is. Hamon, hamon, de cacahuate. What's hilarious about living in a foreign country is like when you first get there, you're like, okay, what foreign language? What foreign languages do I know? And I'm like, Spanish, but dang, they don't speak that here, so I can't use it. <laughs> and so, like, and then when I was leaving, I remember I had like, oh my gosh, I when I came back from Korea, I I traveled for like 24 hours, like it was. Korea what? to China, China to LAX, LAX to Denver, Denver to Detroit. <laughs> it was so yeah. much. And, and then we my sister-in-law, <laughs> my sister-in-law worked for Delta. She's like, oh, there's a direct from Korea to uh Detroit. I'm like, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, man. Oops, missed it. <laughs> been perfect. So like when I was in China. I was at the airport and I'm like, oh, I've just spent two years in Korea and I know Korean, but I'm in this Chinese airport and I can't say anything because that's not the language yeah. that they're speaking. <laughs> I'm like, ah, it's the wrong Asian language. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Man, I I want to travel outside the U.S. more. I, 
Yeah, I, 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 anybody who's listening, I highly suggest that you live in a foreign country for at least six months. It was like an eye-opening experience. Don't be an arrogant American. <laughs> first tip. <Yeah. laughs> um, oh, man. But yeah, like people not realizing that, you know, I worked for a Korean animation company, but I wasn't fluent in Korean. So I spoke broken Korean. They spoke bo- broken English. Like the vice president, she, she spoke fluent English in like the ba- background design head. She spoke fluent English, but they weren't my director, so <laughs> it didn't matter. So, and just speaking broken languages and hey. putting them together to make uh not broken. <laughs> and my director made me go to the weekly meetings every Monday, like with a notebook, and sit there and like I didn't understand anything he was saying. Just <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah. like hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's a carryover mm-hmm. from like you know um. Koreans have uh, mandatory service. Like all the guys have two years of service that they have to do. So that's something oh. with the military is that they have they have to bring notebooks to their meetings and stuff. So that's like kind of a cultural carryover. And so oh, he makes he made everybody bring a notebook. But I'm like, but I can't write anything down though. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I want to do what you tell me to do, but I can't understand. <laughs> but I just brought my notebook and just zoned out <laughs> for like 30 minutes every monday oh man maybe it's like a brain exercise it maybe like you retained like you're like oh yeah that word yep well that word. I, to be mm-hmm. honest when i was an english teacher like all my teacher all my co-teachers spoke english but they would speak korean at lunch and stuff so i was used to zoning out and being in my little world by then so i was just like okay y'all not talking to me so let me like pretend that i'm doing something or i don't know yeah and i feel like languages are when you're i mean when you know the language or in the environment of the language you know things are going by fast yeah probably you can be like oh i picked up that word oh okay they they've said like 10 million words after i picked up that one word okay yeah and the native speakers don't even realize what they're doing because okay like sometimes you know yes is nay but sometimes my co-teacher will be like they they and i'm like what? Why do you say they? And she's like, I don't say that. I'm like, yes, you do. But so she didn't even say, she didn't even notice that she pronounced nay like that. So it's like, eh. you try to make observations, but then they don't know how to answer your question, which is the same for me when I was an English teacher. <laughs> they would ask me, oh, why do you use something instead of anything here? And I'm like, ah, it just sounds better. I don't really know, no, the grammar behind it, but <laughs> it just sounds better. I don't know. Yeah, and there's different dialects and slang. It's all over the yeah, place. Yeah, colloquialisms and mm-hmm. whatnot. I'm sure. There's reasons, yeah. but I don't know them. I need to get an English degree. So. <laughs> oh yeah, my 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 boyfriend is from uh, Lithuania, and he said he's from um, where the capital used to be in a town called uh, Kaunas, mm-hmm. and he says that like um, like if you go like I think it's either like if you go like north or south of where he lived in lithuania like you couldn't really understand what people were saying because the dialects changes too much and and as when he goes back to visit sometimes it's very obvious that he's been in america for so long because the way he speaks lithuanian is different than like his uh his relatives that are over there they're like oh you've been over here too long like like yeah. his stuff is like his, his the way he speaks is like more broken now <laughs> yeah because when i first got there and they had like um korean subtitles on all the tv i'm like why because they have surprisingly a lot of english everywhere and so mm. i'm like why are the subtitles korean and they're like oh because if you have a soul accent you might not understand a person with a busan accent or a daegu accent i'm like but what 
that's like not understanding somebody with a southern accent here like yeah it's still english <laughs> mm-hmm. or a new york accent. I mean, in documentaries they do that sometimes too i noticed like if somebody's from like deep deep south and there there's so many twangs they put like a subtitle and i'm like i don't i don't know what i don't, I don't know what she's saying yeah the people that got atlanta accents they'd be like whoa okay i don't understand anything Boomhauer from uh, King yeah, of the Hill. Yeah, don't know thing. Remember, it's like, mm-hmm. Like what? <laughs> but Deborah, I'm curious about like you. You mentioned a couple of titles that you had worked on. Um, so what in your department? Like, what kind of stuff did you were you creating for those? Because you know, like, because like, they're 2D, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> 2D. Because like Cleveland shows 2D and Brave, Brave and the Bold is CG, but like. Like, what kind of assets and stuff were you guys, like, providing for them? Something that people don't really know is that um, all of the cars in um, the Cleveland show and the Family Guy are 2D. So, yeah. And then mostly it would be props for certain scenes and then background, like, environments for certain scenes. So, for example, an example I use is, like, the, the uh, Angry Elves episode of Family Guy. Uh, Brian and Stewie go up to Canada and they're like on a on a like a snow mound and the camera is kind of circling around Stewie's head and you know to keep perspective in 2D is very hard so they did that in 3D to make it easier because you just got to create some like football head and then you know put a camera a 3D camera around it and it's like much easier to do than in 2D so it would be stuff like that where if it was possibly harder to do in 2d they would do it in 3d hmm okay yeah that makes sense i would use um when i first got there we used soft homage xsi which i had never heard of before i got there Ooh, that's i've never heard of that Whoa. till now <laughs> yeah so it was like, like a proprietary software well it was a french um software and then autodesk bought it and then phased it out like they killed it in 2015 oh okay Yo, Macromedia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, one of those things where, like, I remember, I'm sure they took some of the features because I remember it was much easier to kind of, um, it was much easier to, mo- not model, but there were some things that were easier in Softimage than Maya. But then eventually they got Maya too, so I would go back and forth between Softimage and Maya. And then we would use tune shading. And so that's how it ended up looking 2D. And then my supervisor would composite it into the shots. Mm, okay. Now now that I know that, you know, sometimes when I'm looking at The Simpsons or something else, I'm like, oh, that's a 3D shot. That's a 3D shot. <laughs> yeah, I constantly, because like, I mean, as you're explaining it too, I think back, I'm like, yeah, that totally makes sense with like cars and stuff and like things that have to be rotated fully in 3d or like shots where they like zoom out right and yeah. like circle around the background and it's just like what how did they do this in 2d and it's like no nah, that makes sense this is just tune shading 3d <laughs> 3d and one more thing that is awesome about fox is that all of the cars they don't reuse cars so all of them have to be, you have to change the, and awesome is said with a lot of sarcasm so like uh, <laughs> so like every car has to be different uh, you, you can't reuse a car so they had to change it in some way like you could reuse the model the asset but that you would have to change it in some way so jeez the only car that was the same yeah, was like, like brian's a, car a high asset count right there yeah. <laughs> i awesome. mean i, I I guess it keeps 
it keeps uh it keeps the work coming but jeez <laughs> yeah like half the half the time i guess it would take maybe six months to do an episode half like three months it would be the episode being done and then three months would be retakes from fox like <laughs> mm. of them nitpicking everything so then so then you guys do get executive notes on like the cg stuff and that has to be changed it's not like it's okay it's locked in yeah, for anybody listening that's not familiar, like all the creative stuff and the pre-production is done in LA and then the grunt work is done in Korea. So I work 12 hour days, no overtime, <laughs> 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to like, it. we would get off at three or six, depending on the day on, or depending on what my director wanted on Saturdays, but then I would only have Sunday off most of the time. But I think they Ooh. took pity on me because I was American. So they like started, like during the week, they would be like, okay, this like different people could leave at maybe 6 p.m. And then we would cycle through Saturdays where we would have a Saturday off. So I was like, I'm sure my Korean cultures were appreciative of me because they wouldn't have had that if I hadn't worked there. But I think mm. they were like taking pity on me because I was like, woo, these, I wasn't complaining. It just was like, woo, today is Tuesday. Now it's Thursday. What happened to Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, like working conditions are, are just like different compared uh, over over years. Yeah, it's just different culturally. Because like so many people like that, just, so a lot of people, like you said, they just don't know that like um, that the actual like animation itself is happening not in L.A. or in New York or wherever the show is being made. Yeah, it's usually Korea, Thailand, Singapore, depending on the studio and, you know, the show. Hmm. So when you got back to the States, then what, what was your, what was the next step in your journey? Were you, were you like, I want to take a break from 3D or where am I going to keep, keep going for it? So I remember sitting at my desk at Digital Emation and I remember just like realizing that, yes, I did not waste four years of college. I like being a 3D modeler, I like animation. Yeah, that was awesome. great. That was great. That's, that's, that's good when you realize you didn't waste your degree <laughs> and you actually like the thing that you studied. Yeah, so when I came back, well, interestingly enough, I was actually, you know, trying to stay in New Orleans. So uh, maybe a month, well, actually, I came back in August of 2011. And then I got a job at Turbo Squid by November 2011. And so that's animation adjacent. So I was, you know, Turbo Squid is a website where they sell 3D models and like artists from around the world upload their models oh. to sell and, you know, Turbo Squid gets a percentage. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. they created a checkmate program, a checkmate advisory program where you could submit your 3D models and get this like badge on it because uh, they had talked to like Blizzard and uh, Ikea and CNN and Disney and all these industry professionals about, okay, if you bought a 3D model from our site, what would you want it to, how well do, would you want it to work? So there was like Checkmate Lite where opens with no errors and then Checkmate Pro was, okay, there's no overlapping faces, no overlapping vertices, no holes in the mesh. It's like all these things where if these studios wanted to download it then they would open it and it wouldn't cause problems for their workers so i know in um girl with a dragon dragon tattoo at the beginning of that movie i have never seen it but i know that at the beginning of that movie there's like a zoom in to this keyboard and they bought mm -hmm. the keyboard on turbo squid so oh, oh. okay Wait, 
So it's a very good movie. It's a, it's very it's a lot. I don't oh, I want to watch it again though, just because it's a little, uh, it's a little triggering. But it's a very good movie. But but mm. whoa, it's a lot. It's heavy. Wait, so it's Turbo Squid? The way you the way you describe it, it's like an animation eBay. That's what I say. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, the way you're descri- describing it to me, or how I've like understood it, is like you, they have 3D models and you have to pay extra to make sure that the 3d models are janky is that what well i mean the lowest you could pay is like 19 dollars for a a checkmate light model and then um 29 for a uh checkmate pro and they tried to if you submit it to the program then they would try to prevent like price gouging or like you Mm. your stuff too low so if it was just arbitrarily on turbo squid you possibly can get a really nice model for cheap but if it's part of the checkmate program pro program then if it's like a rigged animal with fur they're gonna make you do like 250 dollars so is it like let's say whamed and i had our own separate animation studios and could we would we be able to purchase the same thing or is it like once like let's say i get to it first before Wayman uh purchases it you can't use it anymore no and then there's there like anybody could purchase it, but also they you know the the artist can decide what license kind of is with it. So they right. can decide if you can do it for commercial reasons or if you have to do this that, that and the third. Like, hmm, that's interesting. Yep. And so I worked there from 2011 to 2014, and then I worked my last job in before I moved was for the state of Louisiana. I worked for economic development and I was an animation specialist. So there's these tax credits that companies can get if they build their company in Louisiana, whether it's like their primary location or a secondary location. So Mm. for free, Louisiana will give them training materials. So I created like 3D stuff for training materials. I I would animate too. So it was like a lot of pumps, valves, uh, (laughs) industrial manufacturing stuff. Like uh, technical animation stuff. I'll okay. try to make it look pretty, but yeah. Um, but that's why I say I'm re- trying to re-enter the animation industry of sort because, like, I can't create a demo reel from that stuff. So I have to like create a new demo reel. I haven't worked at a studio for like years, and I've never worked at an uh, American animation studio. So it's kind of mm, I'm like fifth. Well, I'm I'm like ten years into the industry, but I'm kind of starting over, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Wow. I feel like it's it's so. I mean, having a creative skill set just it can take you so many different places and you can have different roles that you might not be thinking of like in technical animation it's like oh yeah like people might not be thinking like okay i could be using this like 3d animation skill to like be uh, doing technical animation uh, like instructionals and maybe that's not exactly a place uh they might want to go or something but it's something to allow them to like you know, still be using that skill and also right. making money to plan that next step or something. Yeah, right. a lot of stuff in, in New Orleans is CAD or in Louisiana is like CAD, computer-aided drafting, so architectural or there's a big oil and gas industry there. So, you know, I <laughs> thought I was going to be in New Orleans forever, but then there was like, there was jobs I could have had, but, you know, racism. Um, mm. Like, yeah, my yeah. ex-boyfriend told me like, oh yeah, that like, cause there, you know, as women or black people, there's this idea that, you know, when you look at the bullet points for a job description, women are like, oh, we have to fit all 10 bullet points of 10 bullet right. points. 
And so sometimes I will fit all of the bullet points and I still wouldn't get an interview. And then one of my exes was like, oh, yeah, they're racist. So I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. Good to know that after the fact. (laughs) I'm like, wow, okay. I probably wouldn't want to work for them anyway, but whatevs. And then there's like a like there's a like a couple video game companies there, but I felt like I would be starting over video games because you know I'm a TV film person, so I'm like, ah, right, I don't want to work for pennies. Mm-hmm. Well, like women also like like I wouldn't not not that like for anybody that's like listening to discourage them from pursuing games if you know for if they want to do like that route, but like games is very like like it, like yeah, it's hard for for women and people of color in general and um in and animation or live action but games is also a hot mess as well like it's followed by vfx yeah. <laughs> vfx and 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 games very bro-y like ooh. like there's well, like riot i feel like is a i'm i don't want a dog on riot but i i, I don't know bro, it's bro, all bro. In, it's all in the news it's all in the news <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's it's kind of interesting to think about because I'm thinking like, you know, animation, you know, it's not completely 100%. Like, I feel like most entertainment industries aren't completely 100% best when it comes to like uh, workplace or working and unions and stuff like that. But it's kind of interesting to think the because animation is a lot older than uh, games and mm-hmm. um, and vis effects. And so it kind of makes sense. But it's also, you know, it's not an excuse for like, right. To, you have crappy work environments and and or um just uh man what's the word i was looking for i forgot the words are a word i was looking for but you understand what i'm trying to say yeah. <laughs> i'm like you know i need to do better yeah exactly need to do better and give everybody their equal worth their equal pay and their equal chances mm-hmm. basically yeah so i feel like another way i'm starting over is because for the past well I mean, I've been here for like in LA for a year now, but if we take my Louisiana life for the past like seven to nine years, I've been like highly involved in the National Herbal League movement. So ideally as an artist, you would like work at your job and do your, 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 you know, personal work on your, in your free time. But I didn't have any free time because mm. I was like a serial volunteer. So like I remember back in maybe 2013, I volunteered for four organizations outside of my full time job. Ooh. So like Deborah, you're trying to die. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> um yeah, so I didn't have like the another reason I had to like start over with my demo rows because I didn't have those like personal projects that I've been building up and posting on Instagram or something like that. It was just like I spent my before I moved here. December 2019, I finished up a two-year term as president of the Herbal League of Louisiana Young Professionals, which is like having a second full-time job. So, mm. so yeah. What, what kind of stuff did you do in that in the in the Urban League? I'm just curious to like, kind of know more about that. You know, with the National Urban League, the idea with the Young Professionals, which was started maybe 21 years ago, is that there's all these social action things we're doing, but it was like, how do we get more young people involved? So 21 years ago, they thought about, okay, let's create the young professionals so we can be training these people to take over because there's like Urban League affiliates, which all over the country, which are tailored to whatever community they're in. So the one in Miami will be different from the one in New Orleans will be different from the one in Cincinnati. And so they they cater to whatever are the needs of their community are. So, you know, in Louisiana was like workforce development entrepreneurship they had a head start they had a parent information center which put on this 
huge like like school thing every year uh at the superdome and so not a lot of people know but new orleans is 100 percent charter it's like the only school district in the country that's 100 percent charter and so oh that's, that's interesting there's like a lot of school to- choice but which could be a good and bad thing they brought all of the charter schools into the superdome so that parents can kind of shop around and see which where they their child want to go so that's like really monumental so yeah mm. um they started the young professionals so that because they're ceos of these affiliates so if you kind of groom these people and the young professionals then they can eventually become the ceos which a lot some of young professionals already have done like in seattle i believe she was a yp um in birmingham the the temporary ceo was a yp so it's just like the boots on the ground you know, the the National Arab League is like the full-time nonprofit people and the young professionals are like the volunteer where we're getting people to vote or doing whatever our local affiliate needs. So I was you know on a professional development committee. I was recording secretary for three years. Um, and then I was the social and cultural chair and then I became the president. And that's that was a two-year term. So I'm not the president type. I'm more of a vice president type, but people don't listen to me when I have good ideas. So I, I was like, okay, I got to do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are these ideas viable? I guess I will run for president. Yeah. So, yeah. And then make them happen. Yeah, I was a great president. I could toot my own horn. So, <laughs> like, I started this uh, swimming initiative because, you know, black people sometimes don't know how to swim. And so I learned how to swim when I was 31. <laughs> Whoa. I still don't know how to swim, and I'm 27, going to be 28 in seven, well, six. It gives months. you hope. I learned how to swim <laughs> in my 30s. I went, I went, I wrote Learn rafting that. in Korea without knowing how to swim, and like Whoa. there was like raft A, B, and C, and C, which was I, I was in. I was the only person out of all the rafts that didn't know how to swim, but of course our raft flipped over twice. So, oh my god! But I'm still here to talk about it. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, I love swimming <laughs> i am a water baby i um one day one day I'll i feel be. like swimming black people not swimming is one of those stereotypes that i learned about like like after childhood mm-hmm. because like my childhood was just like so filled with swimming yeah. and my older sisters was just like you have to know how to swim I'm like uh okay that makes sense yeah i don't want to die in water All right and yeah when i heard about the stereotype i was like that doesn't make sense to me i like all my family knows how to swim yeah and i was like oh crap yeah i guess this is a stereotype wow you would think <laughs> with my parents being deathly afraid of water that they would have their children learn how to swim but hey here we are yeah. Yeah. in addition to just being an amazing person doing all that stuff you also have a series on youtube where you give advice and interview people could you talk a little bit more about that and like what kind of made you kickstart that um yeah so i go by black woman animator even though i'm a 3d modeler because it's easier outward facing people don't know what a modeler is and i don't want you know people <laughs> be like oh you, you're on a runway like no <laughs> <laughs> so i go by black woman animator just for my peace of mind and so oh, you, he's like, oh, you showing off the Gucci fur? Like, we're absolutely not. Uh, oh, you built you build in mechs. You build in them the models, <laughs> the mech models uh, that you buy at anime stores. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine the <laughs> things outside of runway that will be mistaken. So yeah, I got to go by. <laughs> so like initially, I was trying to do a lot in New Orleans, and then I kind of had a come to Jesus moment where I'm like, oh man, I'm like doing all these workshops and classes, but there's really no animation industry here. And the culture of people from Louisiana is that 
they either don't leave or they leave and come back. So I don't want to like build up all these people who know how to do animation but can't get a job. So I started t- taking my platform online to reach more people. And so um, eventually, you know, with my story of being surrounded by Disney and all these like all this animation, but not never thinking to do it myself until I took a class in it. I'm trying to introduce 3D to kids and girls and people of color and all that jazz like much sooner and expose mm. them to them like if they're like five years old they can know that they can have a job in it i'm also passionate about it being a hobby too you don't have to necessarily like work in animation you can just do it as a hobby yeah oh, totally so, yeah my platform like last year so the behind the scenes about you know interviewing all these people is that my original laptop which is really crappy and it couldn't run after effects so i have so many ideas where i would have to like put some images and videos and cool text together but i can't do that on my computer so i was like oh if i just talk to people and then use windows movie maker and chop the end in the beginning then i can like still upload (laughs) content so that's how i started interviewing more people last year because i had to because i couldn't do anything else like (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i'm not going to struggle with like editing this on adobe after effects when my when my computer cannot do this so that's how i started like interviewing all these people you know people introduce me to more people and or i'll just randomly hit people up and be like will you come on and then they'll be like yeah (laughs) but awesome yeah and you've had some 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 former guests of the black and animated podcast on on your show as well like uh, i saw you had uh, leonard robinson mm-hmm. and dan haskett yeah and just in general like a lot of a lot of the people that a lot of young bucks that are up and coming either don't know about or forget like yeah people, like you had ron husband on and i'm like Whoa. yeah that was lucky because i was like man i don't want to have to facebook friend all these people to like get them on so i like facebook messaged him without friending him and i was like hopefully he sees it and then like three <laughs> months later he saw it and said yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so good and then an awesome story with dan haskett which awesome is sarcastic because like um i interviewed dan haskett it i use Streamyard, and so you have to like press the live button and i like awesome interview for two hours and then i was like okay did my little outro and then i like go to turn the live off and it was like nope you never pressed record oh, <laughs> oh, no. oh my god oh, the interview oh, you see no. with dan haskett is actually the second time i talked to him yo that's uh and it was so organic it was so awesome Wait, what's StringYard? Is that like a program or? A, yeah, uh, it's like like I do like private. And you can do it like a private YouTube video. You can do lives. I like some some of my YouTube lives that I did last year. I use StringYard, so you just um, it's just a platform you can use and send a link to people, and they can come on video. It's because I interview like older people. I try to make it like as simple as possible. So I'm like, just use this link. Use your tablet, your phone, or your computer, and just click it. And at the time we have an interview mm-hmm. so um i remember telling dan like i'm gonna ask you a question that you've never been asked and you know he's like 50 years in the game so that's like a tall order and i did it and then he's like oh nobody's ever asked me that question i'm like uh i didn't get that <laughs> recorded like he's not gonna say that the second time no! like, ah. and the question oh, was man. the question was how was it growing up in harlem <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, but you know, Dan Haskett was like the perfect person to do that with because he's like awesome and he's like my friend now. <laughs> so <laughs> I took it really well. Yeah. He's a pretty yeah. chill guy. Yeah, I talk person. to him like almost on a weekly basis now. When he's not busy, like mm-hmm. having I'm deadlines. Staring, <laughs> I'm staring at the Daphne sketch he did for me, unprompted. I did not ask for it. I just went to go visit him <laughs> with like uh, these two other uh, young young men, young black men that worked at the uh, Wild Canary with me last year, mm-hmm. and we were like, yeah, "Let's go see Dan." And I'm like, oh, okay, let's just go. <laughs> right. And, and then he just drew me Daphne, and I'm like, I will frame this. And I will put it up somewhere and treasure it. Yeah, something that he said in my interview was that, like, he has, there's so many black people at uh, Warner Brothers that, like, never come to see him. And he's like, come see me. I'm not, I don't bite. But, you know, people are intimidated, have social anxiety, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> like, well, you get nervous, especially, like, just, uh, like, someone who's been working on things from like way back in the day on things that you grew up watching. So you're like, Oh, I don't want to bother them. Well, I can vouch for Dan Haskett. He's cool. He's my friend. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's like really important to um, sort of highlight those voices that were there way before any of us, just like, especially if they're, cause a lot of them are still around. A lot of these uh, guys and gals and in between are like still, they're still doing stuff. They're just not as well known. And they they kind of helped pave the way a bit for us yeah a big thing about my platform is like just acknowledging like you guys do like there's there's we're we're a small number but there's more than we realize so that's kind of mm-hmm. the point of me interviewing these people and then also when I interview them I kind of like you know say all the stuff that they worked on because I want to kind of if somebody's watching I want them to realize okay a black person worked on this thing that you grew up watching mm. Yeah, well, I kind of go overboard and listing all the stuff, but I'm like, it's important. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's really cool. I think that's good. Yeah. So, yeah, like it's cool, like you know, just having conversations with different people, and it, you know, it's hilarious. I don't know if you guys have ever dealt with this, but sometimes I'll reach out to someone and they'll be like, "Oh, you know, I'm not in the industry anymore." I'm like, "Yeah," and they're like, <laughs> "You know, I'm not an animator." I'm like, "Yeah," like <laughs> you're still black. Yeah. So, <laughs> and like in the animation industry, I'm like. Well, you know, people are used to like, I guess animators are more highlighted. So when it's somebody else, they're like, oh, you want to hear from me? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like people are confused. Like, uh, I mean, y- wait, you want to talk to to me? Uh, OK, I don't do it. Oh, OK. I, you want to actually know about my stuff? OK, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like we can. Never happens. It's, it's, yeah, like we are here to provide a service to show that like there are there's more than one way to be in this industry and hey black people did these things yeah (laughs) come on yes but i don't know these people are not used to being appreciated sometimes depending on who they are so yeah i have a question for for people that are listening like um people that are thinking okay they want to do 3d like get into 3d animation or the 3d animation side of the industry um do you have any like advice for them or like tips or things to like understand about the 3d space or even like programs that they can start out with Mm -hmm. so uh the key is to i I think (laughs) for whether you're a kid or you're like a parent listening like the key is to find out if you're 
your child likes this before you waste money <laughs> sending them to college. So mm-hmm. <laughs> if you can get them like trying to do something now, that will be awesome. Also, if you, no matter what program you use, because, you know, um, pre-production is pretty much the same, no matter if it's like 2D or 3D. So if you want to do concept art or character design or storyboard art, that's, you know, takes the skill of drawing and whatnot. But after you get to the production side, 3D kind of branches off and you got modeling and rigging and animating, and texturing and rendering and lighting. So uh, a program... That's free and open source is Blender, and it's it's much better now. So you can go on YouTube and go to Blender Guru or so many of these other YouTube channels that have these these uh, videos about how to use Blender. And um, the biggest thing is acknowledge that even if you're learning Blender, I mean, I encourage if you have the money, like use whatever 3D program that you feel comfortable with to use 3D. But know that you're only learning the program and you're like you're you're learning the skill of 3D and you're not just learning the program because a lot of people who graduate from college or a lot of people who learn these different programs are like, oh, I know 3DS Max. I know Cinema 4D. I know Maya. It's like, no, you know 3D. (laughs) And then Mm -hmm. the matter of learning another program is just learning the navigation and like, okay, if I extrude in this program, how do I extrude in the other program? So at the very end of the day, you know 3D, you don't just know a program, you know a skill set. So don't go in thinking, oh, if I learn Blender, then I only know Blender. Yeah, you only know Blender for right now, but you can learn any program if you kind of change your mindset. Yeah, it's like uh, emphasizing, I think it's good to emphasize that adaptability because uh, I mean, the industry itself like changes so much where so like different places have different ways of working different programs that they're right. working in yeah some places have proprietary like so you're gonna have to learn something new anyway <laughs> yeah exactly so it's Staring definitely disney about a certain <laughs> software that i use in production right now and how i wish i wasn't using it <laughs> yeah it's so important to be able to like be open to adaptability yeah. um yeah uh because yeah, you you could be like super used to doing things one way, and then suddenly, boom! Like there's this new program or a new technology that's out that you have to learn. And if you want to continue working in in your field, and it's like either you're gonna be like, no, I'm too stubborn, I'm gonna stay with the things I know, or you have to go with the flow and change. So yeah, yeah. And then there's these other programs, you know, Substance Painter, Marmoset. Man, it's just like so hard to be a 3D person right now. You got to know like 20 programs. So, um, yeah, just kind of do your research. Uh, feel free to reach out to me. I'm an open book. Like uh, people can reach out to me whenever they want to ask me about 3D stuff. Um, and let's see. There's something else <laughs> that I was thinking of saying. Uh, da, da, da. No, I don't know. i I was gonna say like two there's because i was in a clubhouse uh clubhouse (laughs) i was in a clubhouse was it the uh, mickey mouse clubhouse sorry uh it it was it was like uh it was bruce and i think rad and then some other disney feature no i think it was just bruce and a bunch of disney feature people Mm -hmm. and 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 a guy who worked on soul whose name is escaping me right now no it wasn't frank um soul johnson no it was another guy whose 
Twitter profile. He has a hat on. I can't think of his name right now. Dang it. Frank Adam. What? He's black. Oh, 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 what's his name? Oh, no. Um, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I'm, get out. I can't think of this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for noticing my get up. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> I, I was trying to like low-key look on Twitter to beat to type in words to see if I could get to the person because I follow them but dang it I can't get to them I don't remember I'm so sorry but <laughs> this guy like someone had asked a question saying like yeah I'm like a fashion person but like I'm trying to do I like designing clothes and stuff and like how would that translate to a job in animation and then somebody was like oh well thank goodness so and so is here because like that's kind of what they do on their on the CG oh, you about Philip Booty or Booty? yes oh my gosh that, that's it <laughs> yeah 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 that guy we did it yeah yeah <laughs> we did it Joe we did it. <laughs> we did it we did it we did it and I guess like is that like a part in like in like the cg space you can do like fabric and like texture and clothing and whatnot there's just i was this is a long-winded way of saying that there are so many aspects of the cg pipeline that people can get get into yeah oh yeah i said i i I re like uh posted in the in the black and anime facebook he follows me too on twitter oops i forgot (laughs) (laughs) i reposted in the black and animated uh facebook group this description like this whole post uh from someone that worked in the simulation department about like souls like sim the simulation of like clothing and stuff and like that's a whole thing. It's like, oh yeah, to make these clothes look natural and like not weird and wonky. It's like, hey, yeah, that's a job to do. Yeah, I have a series on my YouTube channel called the Jobs and Animation Series, which I need to finish. I I, I produced half the videos that I want to produce, but the idea is to create these like two to well, what the longest one is like six minutes, but like they're usually two to three minutes. And it's like, so you like to draw, here's what you can do. So you like to build and construct things. So you like sound, here's what you can oh, do. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. that's the kind of whole concept with that series is that I want to kind of continue in. So you like fashion um, or so you like, you know, these various things where you might not think about. I, I did the most obvious ones like painting and drawing first, but there's some more. Oh, so you like to tell people what to do. This, <laughs> this, is, this is what jobs you can have in the animation industry. So kind of span out to not only the artistic jobs, but the other jobs that are in the animation industry. Nice. Also, I think Phil, Phil did so not work that out. Soul. I think I just, <laughs> that's my bad. But yes, that is a really amazing series. We, we have, a well, I don't know by the time this episode airs, maybe we're already doing it, but like we're working on like a potential series right now that, that highlights like unknown jobs in the industry since like, but it, but it, um, as well, just kind of like, because I made that tweet a while ago about like, hey, does, I guess people don't know what color design is, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's a different job. Yeah, people only think but, of animator and maybe something else. Oh man, and and it's and it's kind of a shame that this stuff isn't taught when you're in school or even like, not 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 that everybody goes to like a you know four year program. If you do, like, it's it's kind of a shame that like just the different positions are not made available. It's just, here's a, here's a class, how do the thing. Yeah. And I think that that's so important 
so everybody's not clamoring for the same thing and then they get discouraged when they don't get it when there's a job over here that is better suited for them and is exactly with like within their skill set and what they know how to do if the thing that they think they want to do isn't available or they can't get into it yeah and, I, and i'm trying to interview more people like that like even even in addition in addition to interviewing people who are like in traditionally in the animation industry i also interview like i interviewed uh bonic sims she kind of creates black hair for sims characters and then you know, Whoa, I, that's cool. That's cool. That is amazing. Yeah, I cannot so, tell like, you how many times I used to play The Sims and I was frustrated because I couldn't really like make a character that looks like me. Yeah. Like I wanted to see like, you know, all the like Harbor de Goobity. Like I wanted to see a character that that sounded like me with Simlish, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> they all look kind of dumb. So I try to interview tangential people too to the industry who are not necessarily like working at an animation studio, but are still doing something related to animation. Yeah, I think that's a good approach too. just like figuring out like the branches of this like tree mm-hmm. of animation. Yeah. Oh, and I interviewed uh, the the voice of Sita uh, from Sita's World on BET. <laughs> Kitty oh, wow. You oh, got, wow. You got everybody on their deck. Yeah. yeah, I was like, because I, I don't know. I was just like, Sita, I, w- I was trying to find out who, who voiced Sita. And then I was like, and then I found her and she agreed to be on my channel. I was like, oh yeah, this could be a great video. Well, I think with that though, I think we're approaching the end of today's episode, but Waymond, would you like to do the honor of asking your favorite question? This question, I usually ask every guest that is on the podcast, what do you or what would you like to see more of in uh, storytelling in the world of animation? Whether I guess that's in games or uh, uh, animation, like in the whole, in the wideness of animation can be, what are the stories that you want to see more of? Um, well, I would like to start off by saying I'm anti-remake. <laughs> so I would like <laughs> to stop seeing continual remakes of everything like the first they started like let's make 2d into 3d and now let's make 2d into live action like oh my gosh there are so (laughs) many diverse stories out of the continent and south america and all these places and y'all just keep recycling stuff so what i want to see is more indie projects and like even sometimes it's kind of disappointing to see stuff in different countries and they're kind of still doing the same storylines like no i want to know what y'all your 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 uh, kind of stories in, in in like childhood stories or your cultural things are I don't want you I don't want you to try to regurgitate what we do in America. <laughs> so hopefully mm-hmm. um as you know YouTube is here I think unfortunately people think are still thinking the same way like the same old school way that they have to shop to a studio even though you have people like Issa Rae who started with awkward black girl and then she got like a deal but then there's people like black and sexy tv or other people where they kind of are creating their own thing and black sexy tv is like live action but there's all these uh youtube channels or patreon people who are creating their own thing so you know just get the concept of a, a thousand fans there's like this book called a thousand fans where you can get more money if you just have a thousand dedicated fans and maybe create a patreon and then you can create your own stuff or do the like Kickstarter Indiegogo route. So I'm hoping like more independent. And then I just tweeted about kind of how I kind of dislike when people disparage 3D in order to like uplift other 
forms of animation mostly 2d and it's like what like they have a ro- oh my gosh they have not done what could be done with 3d and so hopefully some indie people independent people can do can take 3d to the next level kind of like spider verse did because it's kind of like they just do crappy things with 3d and mainstream <laughs> and that's why yeah. people hate it i'm like ah if you did it right by 3d then more people might love it but also people don't mm. realize that good 3d in live action is you won't notice because if you're doing vfx you're like if it's bad 3d then or bad cg bad vfx then you're going to notice it but if it's good cg and vfx then you don't notice it so they don't know that they like 3d <laughs> so, right. so, so it's a vicious, vicious cycle yeah yeah but I hope more Black, Indigenous, Hispanic, etc. people do more stories uh, where whether race matters or race doesn't matter in their storylines. I want all of it. Just give me Black Sailor Moon. Just, <laughs> I, I just want Black Ooh, Magical Golden yeah. Boys or Black Super Sentai. And not like, I mean, make Sailor Moon black. I mean, like, just give me, yeah. hello, my name is, uh, I don't know, my name is Shirley, and I suddenly have powers. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, here's here's my Have you seen Fast Color? Dog. No, what is that? That's on Amazon Prime. It's like a three generations of black women who have powers. Oh, I think I've heard of I this. Hope they turn it, yeah, I think, I I think they're going to turn it into a series. Like, when I finished that movie, I was like, they need to turn this into a series. But I think they're doing, I think maybe uh, Viola Davis is doing more with that. And um, oh nice! I think they're doing like some people are doing stuff with Octo- Octavia Butler. I think that's her name. Ooh, yes. So that's that would be cool. Mm-hmm. First black sci-fi. I'm already digging this. I want it. I want <laughs> it. I'm, I'm, look, I looked it up and I'm like, ooh, okay. Yeah, fast color is kind of slow in the beginning, but it ends pretty well. Heck yeah! I'm adding that to my list of things. There's so many things to watch. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So many things, <laughs> so little time. And Deborah, where can our listeners? I know you mentioned it before, like it, people that hit you up, but like, where are the places that uh, our listeners could reach out to you and get that get that lowdown on the three D world? So, um, you can find me at Black Woman Animator, B L K W M N Animator, all one word, anywhere on Instagram. And I'm kind of in the midst of rebranding my personal work as Deb the 3D Modeler. But I already got um, suspended from Twitter for arbitrary reasons. I didn't even do anything. I just created the account and got suspended. So what? <laughs> I got Deb the 3D Modeler on Instagram, though. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. Strange. Very strange. Yeah, you can check out my work on blackwomenanimator.com. Again, B-O-K-W-M-N Animator, all one word. And if you want to email me, Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, at BlackWomenAnimator.com. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Deborah. We love and appreciate you. And also, as always, like, it's always a pleasure just getting people of all kinds of different backgrounds and learning stuff that we didn't know before. Like, like I said before, like, you are our first uh, CG person and our first educator that's been on here as well with with such a like amazing like story of how you got to where you are so thank you so much thanks for having me thanks for being on the pod yeah all right see you later listener see you later hear you later later, listeners (laughs) after a while in a minute um uh now go spin it (laughs)
<laughs> what was that supposed to be? I'm so sorry. <laughs> Spin it. Thanks for listening to the podcast. As always, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Black and Animated. And listen for more episodes on blackandanimated.podbean.com and on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are the respective individual and do not reflect the views of our employers. Thanks, guys. Until next time. This episode was edited by Tyler Schlossman with music by Ergo Funk. <laughs>